Friends, allies, and Americans, welcome to the Defense of Democracy podcast, where we tell the stories of folks who defend your children's rights by advocating for inclusive public school systems and who fight for diversity across our nation. I'm your host, Karen Swoboda. Let's get into it. Hi, Jen, and welcome to the Defense of Democracy podcast. I am so grateful that you have agreed to join us today and talk about some uh, important stuff. Um, Welcome. Now, Jen, you are the chair of Faith Leaders Defending Democracy, and you are also a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Tell tell us a little bit about Thanks for having me on, Karen. This is really exciting. Um, I have been an ordained pastor for 14 years. I've served congregations in um, Kansas and Michigan, Um, did my internship in Oklahoma, and so um, gotten to see a good... uh, different areas uh, where the church is. (laughs) Um, And I um, have become pretty active in the last couple of years in our local community around um, issues pertaining to the schools. Um, I have two children who are school aged. And so that's become something very important to me. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Like you've been with Defense of Democracy. I mean, we're only a year old. So when I say that somebody's been with us for quote a while, <laughs> usually it's around six months or so. Um, what what drew you to getting involved in in our organization? I um, was referred to you by a couple friends of mine who are also involved in this work, um, and I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, fighting Christian nationalism and the way that it's appearing um, on the local level, particularly how it's coming into public schools and public education. Right. So, so at Defense of Democracy, which you're aware of, but I'm sharing this with our listeners, um, one of the things when we when we organized and we we incorporated, uh, we, we kind of sat down and said, you know, we we want we need to we're obviously fighting fascism and Christian nationalism and and all of these anti-democratic ideologies that are cropping up all over the country like a virus, um, and and it was important for us to focus on what we see as the trifecta that these Christian nationalists go for, which is uh, family patriotism and spirituality. So we formed uh, Students Defending Democracy to speak out on behalf of our families, um, p- uh, Veterans Defending Democracy to speak out as patriots, and Faith Leaders Defending Democracy to speak out and, and su- in support of uh, religion uh, that is not focused on hurting other people. So, and you've done a lot of good work for us in that. So you've already created some content for us. Talk, talk to me about um, the content that you created uh, recently when our, when our chair of California reached out to you and, and showed you that video of um, uh, that, uh, I guess he's a Reverend uh, Tim Thompson in Temecula and, and what he did in your response, because I thought it was really, uh, really thanks. great. Um, so, Pastor Tim Thompson, he um, is the leader of a congregation in Temecula. I think it's called like 412 Church or something like that. And um, he went to the Temecula school board and demanded the firing of the high school drama teacher for including Angels of America, which is a play, um, in in the choices that the high school students could have made for an assignment in class. Um, He took offense at the content, called the teacher um, a 
a groomer, a pervert, and called for his firing. Um, and that takes me aback when I hear pastors, people of faith, um, talking about this, um, because it weaponizes faith, um, particularly my faith. <laughs> and I don't, my faith is not a weapon and it, you know, Christianity in particular should not be used as a weapon. Unfortunately, historically, it's been used a lot as a weapon, but in this specific case, um, Angels of America brings awareness to the AIDS epidemic that really affected the LGBTQIA community in the 80s and the 90s. And the government did nothing. And people just kind of stood by. And, you know, bringing awareness to that part of our history and the way that it still affects communities today, um, you know, the the number one, uh, the most effective group of folks who, um, the most effective group by HIV and AIDS today is actually black women. Um, right. And right. so wow. I just, I really take issue with somebody trying to raise that award, especially as a choice for high school students. Right. And that, that was the thing that it is, it was not a requirement. It was an option. So, so the whole thing behind the book bannings, when you pull these options away for children who, you know, who the, the vast majority of people want their kids to be curious and to learn and to ask questions and all of those things. And, and, and you get one or two parents, or, or in this case, you know, this really, really vocal uh, religious leader uh, demanding that it be taken down. Now, I watched part of what he said, and I got into the part where he was calling that teacher a pedophile and a groomer, and I became so triggered that I actually couldn't even finish it. And I'm, I'm trying to get myself to be better at that because I realized that I've got to, you know read it. I've got to watch, but I, but I let you watch it. I let you take one for the team. And one of the things you said in your response, which, which meant so much to me as someone who is of the Christian faith, um, is that our LGBTQ community is beloved by God. Expand on that. Let's let's say that people from that community are listening to the, this and they've been so damaged by religion and religious leaders who, who like you said, weaponize their faith to, faith to make them feel less than. What do those words mean when you say them? I have come in my heart of hearts to believe fully that every single person on this earth is made in the image of the divine, whether you call that God or Allah or Krishna, or whatever else you want to call that divine being. Um, and what I have learned through my study of the scriptures, particularly in the Gospels, is that Jesus' ultimate goal was to teach us how to love one another and to take care of one another. And so when I say that the LGBTQIA community is beloved in the eyes of God, what I mean is that... Um, it's so vital for all of us to recognize that um, everybody bears a piece of the divine within them. Um, I really like, and I know this is co-opting something from a different religion, but I really like the concept of namaste. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is what? It means the divine in me recognizes and bows to the divine in you. It's such a humbling concept. 
And it makes me aware that everybody I meet during the day, whether it's somebody I have very little patience for (laughs) or um, somebody who I absolutely adore, they are equally God bearers. And so um, that's what I mean by by that. Mm-hmm. This is probably a good time for us to go into our um, volunteer shout out. You know, this is this is a time when we celebrate our, our, our volunteers. So let's pause for a moment, go into our volunteer shout out. Today's volunteer shout out goes to Ella from Maryland. Ella is a volunteer who has had her hands in just about everything. She works the phones, writes emails, creates content. And the other day I found out that on top of everything, she makes a recurring donation of $25 each month. Ella, we love you. We love your generosity. And we promise to make good trouble with every dollar you donate. And now back to our episode. Uh, so, um, faith leaders defending democracy. Now, I, I understand that you're you're uh, uh, a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church, but let's talk about the fact that you know you're not in in faith leaders, which is a committee, right? So it's a group. You're you're the head of it, and you coordinate the meetings and stuff, and and create some of the content. But in the faith leaders. Um, it's not just the Christians that we're talking to, right? We're, we're talk about who you are working to recruit to speak on behalf of religious, you know, as for religious leaders in response to the oppression and hatred surrounding our marginalized communities and our schools today. Yeah. So, um, so far we've been able to interact, um, with, uh, friends from the Hindu, Hindu tradition, the Jewish community, um, folks from um, the Muslim community and um, other non-Lutheran Christians. Um, and it's been a really cool thing to get to talk to different people from different traditions and see the different ways that um, we approach these topics. Um, as most of this is driven um, by Christian nationalism, it's very important that Christians take the heavy, the bulk of this um because we have to speak out against our our own <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and and it really it, i was in a community in um about 40 minutes from my home on sunday and i was speaking about how we need to reclaim that as evangelical lutherans we need to reclaim what it means to be evangelical and what is and evangelical is is spreading the gospel is that correct? Yeah, that's what it means in the Greek is the the one who brings the good news. And it's been co- if actually if you go to Germany, Lutherans are called evangelicals, not Lutherans. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So this is kind of this this volunteer activity is kind of an extension of what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't you don't feel that it's, you know, and you're not proselytizing, like, I, like, I want to make sure that's really clear that this is like, you're welcoming. Cause I'm, I'm actually have, uh, I checked my calendar earlier. I have a meeting, uh, with a rabbi. And the first thing I thought is, you know, and he, there, I don't really know too much. He reached into my calendar and he made an appointment, but I'm kind of hoping that he'd be the kind of person who I can introduce to you. Like, and so, you know, I want to make sure that people here, if you are in a, a, a congregation or if you are part of a group and you don't care if it's like Wicca or Jewish or Muslim, like you said, 
you know, it is just if you are leading um, a congr a group of people and, and you are caring for them spiritually and you're acting as a guide and a mentor, this is a welcome place for you to, to do that where it's very much needed. Yes, absolutely. There is no, you have to, you have to get on board with us uh, theologically. <laughs> Have you, have you dealt at all with any families or, or like, have you dealt directly with anybody who is in distress over this specific, um, topic? I wouldn't say families, but, um, in our community, um, an interesting, the way I got into all this was that our former superintendent decided that he wanted to in, to look into what it would mean for us as a school district to bring in more equity and diversity and inclusion programs. And so I got super excited about that and started attending meetings and there were parents there who were absolutely against it. And one of those parents went on to form and chair our county's Moms for Liberty group. And so I have seen firsthand what it looks like when somebody wants to bring in and introduce equity, inclusion, diversity, and have those conversations and for it to get shouted down. So tell me, what does that look like? Like, tell me the experience. Did you go into a school board meeting? Like, what happened? I, so these were just like little task force meetings. And it, and it grew into me attending school board meetings where I would be the one person who spoke for equity, um, who spoke for keeping masks just a little bit longer because I personally knew of some children who were immunocompromised. Um, and it escalated to the point that in January of this past year, and um, a gentleman from Dearborn came to our school board meeting and accused members of our school of um, sexually abusing children during the school board meeting. Okay, wait, back up. How, <laughs> what, how is that? Like, where, where, was there any, I mean, and I, I'm already know the answer. Was there any evidence of that whatsoever uh, of, of that horrible accusation? Zero. None. Yeah. Okay. So, so I just want to say this, like, this is, this is what really triggers me about these, these words that are thrown around so casually right now, groomer, pedophile, right? I've been accused of being those things. Um, you know, it is, it is a heinous crime that you are minimizing for people who have lived through that. And it is a very real crime. It is not a name calling thing. It's, it's horrifying horrifying so so to 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 make this part of something like it's an easy jab at anyone that you don't like or don't agree with it is is discounting the the very real crime of grooming and abusing children and, and so and so like right away as you say that like yes yeah, so you literally went somewhere and watched an innocent person have this um you know, Molotov cocktail of accusations launched at them. And, 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 you know, how do you, how do you even 
respond to that? I mean, what, so what was the result when that happened? Is that person still on the school board? Like, did they, did it, was it enough to scare them away? Not that I don't think, you know, I don't blame people who back down because of that. It's a very, it's a intimidation is, is a, is a really successful one of their tools. Yeah. So the interesting thing that happened and I'm really grateful for this. Our superintendent, who just started in August, he he answered and he was like, this is not happening. We will not take these false accusations. We are interested in the truth. And if you're not going to bring truth, don't come. And I like, I stand. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. It was, it, it was a moment because we still talk about that meeting and the way, because this gentleman who came in was invited by somebody local. And so we knew that was pure intimidation tactic. And fortunately, nothing like that has happened since. Um, but that was kind of the tipping point. But I love that story. I love that story because it does, you know, a lot of what defensive democracy tries to do is show that it is, impo it is possible to fight against this, especially if you go in and you nip it in the bud, right? In my school district, very different situation. You know, we had um, Moms for Liberty come in and try to uh, make a, donate, a donation of pocket constitutions, right? So that, that's their kind of like, that's their, their Trojan horse. They'll, they'll wheel that one in, oh, no cost to you, these constitutions. And I went up and I stood up in front of my school board and I was like, here are some of the things that these people have said in this community that is public on their Facebook page. One of them was straight up. I have been fighting the LGBTQ community since I heard about it. Just crystal clear. The other one that I held up was um, gay marriage is about sexualizing children, right? So I showed up at these school boards and I said, there is a woman sitting two rows behind me who has said these things, is a member of Moms for Liberty, and she said them. And they are making a donation to the school. So it wasn't even they came in there and with all these accusations. I was like, just stop it now. And um, they didn't. Okay. The, or, or rather they found a loophole, right? There was, there was like a website on the constitution and they said, Oh, we can't, we, we can't accept it because you have a website on it. And I was very clear about them. And I said, that's not good enough. That is a loophole. You need to say the real reason you don't want them here is because they're a hate group. Fast forward six months later, the GSA at the local high school is being talked about on two Moms for Liberty pages where they are calling the kids in the GSA pedophiles and groomers, all right, for handing out pride flags at a community uh, winter carnival. And and that's what it, and then it escalated, right? So then defense of democracy, we got to come out in force. We got to get everybody to speak out. We have to start a petition, uh, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, then there's a death threat to the principal. I'm just saying this is how it snowballs when it could have been handled right away. And, and it does look, I, I will say this at this point, and, and again, it was through Defense of Democracy and the volunteers of Defense of Democracy who got together, who were able to have the school not only say no to that, but to say that they are actually hiring a, uh, a, um, 
a mental health consultant to work with bullying targeted at kids, specifically adult bullying. So Jen, let's talk about your committee, um, Faith Leaders Defending Democracy, how people can join. Uh, for right now, how, when, when are you guys meeting? Um, so we've been you? meeting about once a month. Um, we are going to transition to evening meetings just because a lot of folks um, work during the day and we want to catch as many people as we can. Um, so we're going to be looking at the third Thursday of the month at seven o'clock on Zoom. Great. And and if, you, if somebody wants to reach out and connect with you, the information's on our website and your your email is faithleaders at defensivedemocracy.org. So that there's a couple of ways that they can mm-hmm. yep. connect. All right. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you and the work you're doing. And I look forward to having you on the show again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Defense of Democracy podcast. If you like what you've heard, you can find out more at defenseofdemocracy.org. Please consider becoming a support partner by texting the letters D-O-F-D, that's Defense O-F, Democracy, to 44321. Stay strong and remember, there is more good than bad out there and you're standing on the right side of history.